to speak to you very briefly about the whole idea of Christmas. And uh, I want to extend to you a very warm welcome. It's lovely to see all of you here. Um, but I just want us to start by thinking about the fact that, you know, by and large in our day, in our culture, many people, when they think of Christmas, it's, it's really just a kind of like a holiday. That's it. You know, a day off work. Or it's an excuse for stores to put on a big sale and make lots of money. Uh, you know, other people might go a little bit further and say, Christmas is all about the meaning of family. And what I want to say to you is this, and this is I want to try to be as provocative as possible. The message of Christmas is the single most important message that can change the whole world and every individual within the world. And that goes far beyond even the idea of it's about, it's about family, which is, we understand, that's pretty deep compared to just, it's just a day off work or it's just a day to go shopping. That's pretty deep already. But I say it's far more important than just merely family, which is the most important earthly relationship we have. And, you know, I had this idea because I was thinking about some of the Christmas songs that we sing. And this is one, you know, that says, uh, Oh, Holy Night. And there are lyrics in there. I'm not going to sing it for you. I'll probably embarrass myself. But there are lyrics in there that says, you know, All oppression shall cease, for the slave is our brother. And we've sung it a lot. If you guys have been to church for any number of years, if you've heard carols, you must have heard those lyrics. And, and yet when you stop to think about it, that's a pretty amazing thing to say. The slave is our brother. All oppression shall cease. Just think about the world headlines today. That is not happening. We can't even see equal people in our own societies as our brothers. We feel so difficult to love others who are different from us. You look at the world, there are so much oppression. And how can the, the message of Christmas, which is really the, the news about the Christ, Jesus, right? That's what Christmas is all about. How does that change anything? And it got me thinking, is there anything in the Bible that talked about slaves and masters and how the message of Christ changes that whole situation? And there's a little known book in the New Testament called Philemon or Philemon. I don't know how you want to pronounce it. And it's only one chapter. It's super short barely takes up a page. And I want to read for you two verses in that little letter and talk to you about it for five minutes. In verse 15 and verse 16 in the book of Philemon, which is a letter that Paul the Apostle wrote to a master called Philemon about a runaway slave called Onesimus. Now listen to this in verse 15 and 16. For this perhaps is why he, Onesimus, was parted from you for a while that you might have him back forever, no longer as a bondservant or slave, but more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. You see, 2,000 years ago in the ancient Roman world, there were many masters and slaves. And when slaves ran away and they were eventually found and captured, usually the story plays out in a very terrible way beaten terribly, punished excessively. Sometimes masters were very cruel, even leading to death. That's usually what happens. And when you hear the story of Onesimus, the slave, running away from his master, Philemon, you kind of think, if you're a Roman citizen, there's only one way this is going to end. And yet, because both the master and the slave became Christians through believing in the message of Jesus, the entire situation is different. And here's Paul, the apostle, the authoritative messenger of Jesus, saying to Philemon, don't you know now that you're having him back more than just a slave, 
more even than just a stranger or a normal human being. He's your brother now. Don't you see? He's your brother. How does that come about? How does the master and the slave become so equalized that they're now brothers together? And, you know, when you think about, well, what did Jesus come to do? What is Christmas, which is the birth of Christ? Why was he born in this world? There's a really wonderful verse that summarizes it so clearly. In Luke 19, verse 10, Jesus himself says, He's come to seek and to save the lost. He's come to seek and to save the lost. That's really his mission statement. Why he came into this world, he came to seek and to save the lost. Now, think about what that message means to Philemon and to Onesimus. Here's the master, secure in his socioeconomic status. He owns many possessions, including people at that stage in that society. He was well off, respected in this society. If there's anybody who could say, well, you know, what are you going to boast in? What gives your life worth? Well, look at my possessions. People look at the master walking through the street and they know there's a man who's well off in society. And Jesus comes to a man like him and says, don't you know you are lost? Don't you know before the face of God, all of your possessions and your pride and your wealth, all of that's not going to stand up before the glorious standard of God. See, God is perfectly good. Well, He demands you to be perfectly good. You might say in front of other people, look at my wealth and they will respect you. But you come before God Almighty and you say, look at my wealth. Is God going to respect you because of that? No. And so the message that Jesus takes to us, he comes and says, I've come to seek and to save the lost. You are the lost, Mr. Master. Don't you know that despite all of your worldly possessions, all the things that you might take pride in, you are lost in relationship to God because you don't know him. You don't live up to God's perfect standards. And in fact, if you take confidence and take pride in who you are in an earthly way, all of that is adding to your sin because pride lifts itself up even against God. It declares to God, because of what I've done and what I have, I deserve A, B, and C from you and from everyone else. I deserve respect. I deserve good things. Now that's what the message of Christmas says to the proud who trust in themselves and their achievements. Now for the slave, here's Onesimus. He has nothing to boast about. He's, he's even worse than just a normal slave. He's run away. He deserves punishment when his master catches up to him and captures him. He might be so lost in his despair. What have I possibly to bring to God? I think about God and I want to be blessed by him. I want to be helped by God. But even if I try out, cry out to God, why would he ever even think about helping me? When I ask another human being, they don't want to help me. When I ask maybe even his own family, if you can imagine with me, maybe even they would shy away from him, this hopelessly lost slave. He knows he's lost. What does the message of Christ say to him? Jesus says to slaves like him, I've come to seek and to save you. Don't you know how wonderful those two words are? You know, you might think, well, Jesus as the Savior, he's powerful enough to save slaves. We all know, for example, that here's a rich person, and if you are poor, you could go and ask him for help. He's able to help you, but that's not the question. Why would they be willing to help you? 
Why would they be willing to sacrificially out of their own pocket help you in your desperate state? And some people, that's how they think about God. I'm in such a mess in my life. I've done so many things wrong. And, and I know that much of it is my own stupid mistakes and my own foolish choices. I know God. I mean, the idea of God, He can do all things. But why would He even want to help me? I've done so many things wrong. And here's the message of Christ. He's not only come to save, He's come to seek. See, God in His love, not because any slave is worth it, not because those who are lost are deserving, but because God is good, He's willing to help. He's come to seek and to save. You see how the message of Jesus confronts both master and slave. To the proud master, it humbles them, tells them they are lost. And then with the slave who was so lost in their self-despair, they're unwilling to even think about crying out to God for help. It says, I've come to seek and to save you. And the result of that is that when these two people meet and confront Christ, the Savior, both of them are lifted up under the grace of God to be equals in God's family. Now there's the question, my dear friends, have you met and been confronted by Jesus Christ? What is the message of Christmas to you? Has it impacted your life in any way whatsoever? Or are you here because it's merely a tradition? Are you here merely because it's something that you should do? You have some time off work? Why not? Or have you truly in your heart come face to face with the message of Jesus? That you are indeed as a human being lost before God. Have you dealt with that? Have you come to grips with that declaration? And have you then from there realized the beauty of the wonderful love of Jesus the Savior, that even though you are lost and undeserving, He's come to seek and to save you. You see, when a human being truly experiences this message, when they come truly to meet face to face with Jesus Christ, they are forever changed. They are forever changed because the most fundamental relationship, them and God, is now in the right order. They are humbled and yet lifted up by God's grace. Only from that point on can they begin to truly love other human beings. They will not be tempted to be lifted up thinking that they're better than other human beings. No, I'm just as sinful as everyone else. And they will also not be tempted to be pessimistic. There's no hope for these guys. Well, no, if God could save me, God can save everybody. There's a question for you, my friends. Do you in your heart know the message of Christmas. And I pray by God's help, every one of you would come to meet Jesus truly, to be humbled and to be lifted up. Now let me pray. Let us pray together. Lord, we thank you so much for this wonderful occasion, all of it helping us to commemorate and to think back to what you have done 2,000 years ago. We thank you, dear God of heaven and earth, that you did not do this in a corner, you sent Christ, your son, into really the center of the religious world back then. And that this message of Jesus has changed the world. It's the most influential message in all of human history. There's no doubt about it. Because, because you're accomplishing such a great thing in sending your son. So, of course, you did not do it in a corner where nobody could see it. 
But Lord, we pray now that you would help every single one of us here this morning to truly experience the power of this message, to truly come face to face with your son, the Savior, to truly have that message that he's come to seek and to save the lost impact us, that we would feel the weight of every word in that verse. Help us, Lord, to truly draw near to you through trusting not in ourselves, not in our achievements, not in what we could do for you, but only in your love and mercy in the name of Jesus. Help us to believe in him and draw near to you through faith in him. Bless us now, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.